Welcome to A Vague Knowledge of Everything. I am Rosie. And I'm Hope. And today we are going to talk about something that has been on the minds of a lot of people in the U.S. for the last several weeks. And if it's not, it should be. Yes. Um, Very important. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the recent legislation that has come down in Texas regarding abortion. Um, yeah it's uh it's not great and to be quite honest this was not something I was excited to talk about this was not something I had I I honestly when I thought about it I was like I don't want to talk about that and I was like well it's, it's our podcast so like if I don't want to I shouldn't have to but then I thought you know no this is an important thing and we should talk about it because it is a women's rights issue it's irresponsible so. not well, okay. Let me let me uh, actually backtrack on that. It is a human rights issue because it is not just women uh, who get pregnant. Also, there are trans men who are getting pregnant. There are not binary people who get pregnant. I literally the first line in my notes is how I should talk about not just saying women. Um, so I already it's fucked that up. Uterus owners. <laughs> yeah, uterus, uterus owners. owners. Yeah. Um, I, I will say for the first uh, little bit, I might be just saying women because I'm going to put it in historical context. And the historical t- context that I have only talks about women because it was before uh, people were accepting of uh, trans identities. So um, we are going to be going back and several hundred years. Trans and non-binary identities. Yes. We accept all identities here. Some as you yeah. are. Excuse yeah. me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> had humble brag a ginormous salad <laughs> so mm, it was really good. good it was a chicken greek salad oh that good. sounds delicious i have that for Added. oh actually chris got steak so i want to have that for dinner all right <gasps> now we can't we can't just digress <laughs> and talk about what we're gonna have for dinner see we both like already don't want to talk about this so much that it's like <sighs> also, okay i'm gonna begin each episode <laughs> by reminding our listeners to go take your meds if you haven't yet so you need to do that go oh, yeah that, go do that right now yeah if you need to take back. your meds it's a good time yeah it's a good time yeah, you can go always pause us all right <laughs> so uh uh in doing research for this episode i wanted to go back a little bit further because i found out some sort of surprising uh stuff about the history of, of abortion in the u.s mm. um i was looking for just a timeline um, which I did find a timeline and then I lost it somehow. But uh, at any rate, um, one of the things that I sort of had assumed was true and have realized is not um, is this notion that abortion is only something that has reason- uh, re- recently been considered appropriate, something that has only recently uh, been accessible, that kind of stuff. Um, as it turns out, <laughs> Um, And this is from an article on PubMed.gov. They say abortion was frequently practiced in North America during the period from 1600 to 1900. Uh, Many tribal societies knew how to induce abortions. This included a variety of methods using like black root and cedar root as uh, abortive. You can do it. As agents for abortion. Um, Mm -hmm. I I, I honestly, I didn't practice pronouncing that word out loud. Anyway, uh, during the colonial period, the legality of abortion varied from colony to colony, and it reflected the attitude of the European country, which controlled the specific colony. Uh, In the British colonies, abortions were legal if they were performed prior to quickening. And what quickening is, just so everybody knows, that's when you can start to feel the baby move, um, which is in the second trimester, um, generally. Uh, It Usually it's around week 20, uh, but it can be anywhere from like 16 to 24 uh, is, is my understanding of it. Um, and if I'm wrong about that, please let me know. But yeah, so uh, so basically they, they did have a pretty wide window where abortions were illegal. Um, so that's for the British colonies. Uh, in the French colonies, they were performed despite the fact they're illegal, but they still were done. Um, and in the Spanish and Portuguese colonies, abortion was illegal. So it wasn't something that the North American colonies were all together on, um, but it does seem like the majority of them accepted the practice. It, I'm, I'm, I'm noticing a theme coming up in uh, 
how history is told where it's a bunch of white people saying they were the first to do this when actually there was a bunch of non-white places way way back in history doing that beforehand no problem and white people just want to be the first be like no 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 we did this first and it's like no no you did it (laughs) you most certainly did not and this also I think is a good time to highlight the fact that um, abortion has not always just been performed surgically I think we all have a tendency to think about it as a surgical procedure Mm -hmm. but it it really I mean even today a a lot of them aren't um, because um, at a certain point at a certain point it becomes surgically necessary but uh, before that point, you can use like medications and that kind of thing. Um, but before all these medications existed, before surgery was something that people could do safely, mm-hmm. uh, there were a lot of herbal things. Like I talked about like the black root and cedar root. Um, so yeah, so there were herbal ways of inducing abortions that a lot of people knew about, not just white people. Uh, but But yeah, it was actually surprisingly accepted even in religious communities because it was which is something that I did not know because it wasn't a purity culture <laughs> uh it's really I interesting think. that you just said pure <laughs> purity uh because this is all uh this is from americanprogress.org a little quote from them uh although the puritans changed much of england's legal system when they established their quote-unquote city on a hill uh, which is what they called their uh, yeah, their settlement in uh, what is now New England. Uh, they kept abortion oh, as part of. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they kept abortion as part of Puritan family life, allowing women to choose when and if they would become mothers, whether it was for the first time or the fifth time. Do y'all hear that? Yeah. The Puritans did abortion. Yeah. <laughs> your head out of your ass. <laughs> so I. I, I'm not sure about like if they if people thought about why they were okay with it in that time or if it was just something that was normal enough that it wasn't really discussed as to why. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling, and this is just my take on it. It's not something that I found in my research, mm-hmm. but my take on it is childbirth was a lot more dangerous risky. hundreds of years ago. It was a lot more risky uh, than it is today. There's a lot of advances in medicine that we have today that make it, uh, you know, not such a high risk of the mother dying yes. during childbirth, that kind of stuff. Yes. But if you're in, for example, <laughs> a new country that uh, your people haven't lived in for a very long time, you might choose to not be a mother at exactly that time because you aren't set up to feel safe delivering a child right um and i kind of feel like that might be part of it also i mean if you're a puritan mom you already have five kids if you can't support another child i mean if there's only so much resources for the village as a whole you're not trying to bring in more mouths to feed Yeah, exactly. Like, and then again, it also goes back to, you know, the dangers of pregnancy and the dangers of delivering a child then, Um, you know, if if you've had five kids already, you might not want to risk it another time and leave all of those five kids without a mother potentially. Um, So anyway, so I want to say something real quick before we move on. Uh We do have many advances. However, I want to acknowledge that uh, statistically black women are more likely to die in childbirth because they're not listened to by doctors. That's a problem. That's another podcast. But I just wanted to say that before we moved on. Medical bias. Medical bias. It is there. It I you know I wanted to do a whole episode about medical bias, but there's so much to it. It's a lot. Yeah, I because uh, yeah, as you say, there's a black women specifically, I think, are Serena much Williams more couldn't get her doctor to listen to her. Imagine what it's like being just a run-of-the-mill person just trying to have a baby. Like Serena Williams, who could knock all of our teeth out, no problem. That's ridiculous. We're the worst. Yeah. All right. So moving on. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so colonial women uh, procu- procured abortions before the quickening, which again is when you can start to feel the baby move, which is not not super early. No, it's not. Um, Uh, They mainly procured these with the help of other women in their communities 
midwives knew which herbs could cause a woman to abort and early American medical books even gave instructions for suppressing the courses or inducing an abortion, which is either preventing pregnancy or inducing the abortion once you are. I think, so. can I say something real quick? And we Absolutely. can cut this out. I think we need to do a spooky episode on witches and their impact yeah. on the medical community because there have been like doctors came out and said that a lot of the early medical texts came from doing what like town healers and witches were doing, which is just using herbal remedies as medicine. So everything, you know, is from a witch essentially. That's, that's a yeah. blanket st- term, but I'm going to stand by it. Well, yeah. And, and what we now call homeopathic medicine was really the witchery. basis for a lot of medicine today. And that's what like that quote unquote witchery was. So, okay. Yeah, uh, so me. stick me on a broom. <laughs> Much of what we know about abortion in the 18th century America comes from the case of Sarah Grosvenor, Mm -hmm. a young woman who died from a late-term surgical abortion in Connecticut in 1742. Uh, Surgical abortions, which, as I said, a lot of them weren't surgical during this time, um, but a lot of them are now. Um, surgical abortions were rare and dangerous. Most abortions in these periods were in this period were induced by herbal abortion agents. There comes that word that I can't pronounce again. <laughs> um, Sarah's case entered the legal record after the doctor who performed her abortion was brought to court uh, for murdering the young woman and her unborn child. Uh, the abortion was illegal since it took place after quickening. Um, her her doctor and her lover were both put on trial. Uh, her lover was found. Yeah, I, I, I think it was because he brought her to the doctor. So he had some sort of involvement in it. Um, okay. her lover was found to be innocent. Um, and the doctor was actually only charged with a misdemeanor, um, because this was something that she, like, she had wanted to get an abortion. So it's something where it really wasn't like, even though that was something that was brought to court, uh, because, you know, it was seen as being an issue. They weren't going anywhere near as far as these, uh, new Texas laws are in terms of punishing people. I guess. So just saying not great it's it's not great but then again i don't know the whole story on it it's yeah. it's kind of hard to find the information <laughs> so uh but I'm, I'm just putting it in historical context because i think we all have this idea that hundreds of years ago people were like not getting abortions or they right weren't in support of it or it was totally illegal and like none of that's true and that wasn't something I necessarily realized before this and I also didn't realize that even in religious communities it was still considered okay for a long time yeah I guess I'm just wondering like I'm glad you're doing this like historical background of it because it's like well where did when did it become what it is now well Well. uh (laughs) in the Victorian era so that'll be the uh mid-1800s it's like kind of 1830s to 1890s i believe um that was when the attitude sort of started to change um which is ironic just i keep thinking back to the puritans and being like i love how we call (laughs) things puritanical without really knowing what that means (laughs) but uh but yeah the victorian era was when the attitude started to change and it started they started kind of moralizing more around abortion. Um, and by 1910, abortion was illegal, except when necessary to save the mother's life in every U.S. state except Kentucky. Rando Kentucky out there. But yeah, <laughs> so that was a pretty quick turnaround. Um, you know, there's hundreds of years of things being okay, it being the woman's choice, and for abortion not really being uh i don't know for for it not being punished unless it was in like very specific late-term cases Mm -hmm. and then over the course of 100 years suddenly it's illegal unless the mother's gonna die like that they know the mother's gonna die there's just so much morality steeped in american culture like you hear people talk about like good and bad foods food is just food it doesn't Mm -hmm. have a moral attached to it eat whatever you want yeah i mean don't eat i mean I mean, like be an adult about it, but, <laughs> but there's not good and bad. Food. Don't eat other people. I mean, I mean, I'll say what you do. 
Oh God. Separate direction. Yeah, we, I, yeah, I went the sexy times route, and you went the actual cannibalism route. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because i would have thought it would go the other way actually i would too where you give the intellectual answer yeah. i give the gross answer <laughs> oh, all right so you know after that after that brief interlude uh yeah so with all this historical context uh i guess my main sort of thesis here is abortion has only been illegal well okay abortion has been illegal in the united states for less time than it hasn't been if that makes sense so it like so majority of its time has been legal yes okay that's crazy yeah yeah it is yeah we're not a very old country yeah we're not a very old country and and i think that people like like I've said this several times already, but like, I think that people have this idea that it's something that, you know, for a very long time, it was just illegal and no one would think of doing it. And then only recently with, you know, new laws have things changed and that's not the case at all. Uh, So, so as I said, by 1910, abortion was legal in all states, except when necessary to save the mother's life, except for Kentucky. I'm not sure exactly why Kentucky. I didn't look more into that. They're usually an outlier, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so historians seem to have zeroed in on two main factors contributing to this: uh, growing diversity and women's independence, which we oh, all know are no. both terrible things. Not women's yes. independence. Uh, so I, I, uh, I, I looked at articles uh, mentioning a lot of this stuff, and so the people who were worried about declining birth rates among white people and who were worried about immigration and how, you know, Oh, we're not going to be the majority anymore. These people refer to as nativists and it pisses me off so much. Cause I'm like, You're they called native. themselves nativists, but they were not native. You don't care. What they the mean natives. by that is we were like the first groups of white people to come no, over here. No, but you never, ever been a majority. We are, like, very in the minority globally. Yeah. There are way less white people than there are not white people. Yeah, but so these so-called nativists were basically worried that the rates of immigration combined with declining birth rates um, because women had access to abortion would cause the sort of white population to have less power because they wouldn't have as many people. More of us. I don't want to create more cis white men or uh, entitled white ladies. Yeah. How do you get that? White people. <laughs> That's how. Pretty much. Yeah. So that, that was one of the big things. So, you know, who's surprised that the people who, not me, you know, were interested in outlawing abortion were against immigration as well uh, and mm. against women's rights uh the fight for suffrage uh, sorry fight for women's suffrage and equal rights unsettled a lot of the people in the day particularly men they realized that continuing to allow abortion would also allow more women to be a part of the workforce um Mm -hmm. and if you're in the workforce you might be less likely to want to be a mother and therefore wouldn't you know create more white children to and be a part of the, the man white gonna, population the man's gonna have to do everything himself oh no yeah I, there's been a lot of stuff so, coming out being like the 40 hour work week and the eight hour work day was built upon the fact there's somebody at home taking care of everything else it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense for one person to go to work and upkeep the house that's not what it was built around so yeah, we should do an episode about that. I think we should do an episode about that and an episode about where tipping customs came from and how, Ugh. like, yeah, all so that bad. stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, so, so yeah, women's rights. Uh, <laughs> women's rights were an issue and a bunch of men realized that illegally, sorry, illegalizing the practice of abortion would keep women in the home because they wouldn't be able to stop their pregnancies and they would be sort of forced into motherhood and then their role would be to take care of the children so and that's really what marriage is all about yep <laughs> forcing <laughs> women into the home uh of course abortion did continue just not legally and because it wasn't legal it was most often not necessarily safe and very often resulted in the death of the 
people involved, I'll say women involved because that's the statistics that I have. Um, so for example, in 1930, abortion was listed as the official cause of death for almost 2,700 women, nearly one fifth uh, or 18% of maternal deaths recorded in that year. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, as other countries began legalizing their laws, women from the U.S. went to other countries such as Mexico, England, Sweden, and even Japan to have the procedure. But women who could not afford it and still try to procure abortions continue to be put in dangerous and often deadly situations. Yeah, that you're, you'll hear us say it, you'll hear other people say it, but making abortion illegal doesn't stop abortion, it stops safe abortions. Yes. Just like... And- Outlawing alcohol didn't stop people from drinking, did it, America? No, no just but a bunch of people went blind from bootlegged <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> uh, so, so this brings us to Roe v. Wade up in 1973. I know I glossed over a lot of stuff, but as I said, this is an overview. Um, I wanted to give historical context, but I also do want to talk about what's happening today. And so that requires kind of going through this at a little bit of a clip. Also, this is a short episode because we don't want to talk about it for too long. Yeah. Yeah. It's not something fun to talk about. It's not. Yeah, it isn't, but it's necessary. It Um, is. Yes. Uh, So the case began in 1970 when Jane Roe, which, by the way, is a fictional name. uh, Sorry. Um, When Jane Roe instituted federal action against Henry Wade, the district attorney of Dallas County, Texas, where Whoa. Roe resided. Yeah, fun. Interesting. The Supreme Court disagreed with Roe's assertion of the absolute right to terminate pregnancy in any way and at any time and attempted to balance a woman's right of privacy with a state's interest in regulating abortion. In his opinion, Blackman, uh, was one of the justices, noted that only a compelling state interest justifies regulations limiting fundamental rights, such as privacy, and that legislators must therefore draw statutes narrowly to express only the legitimate state interests at stake. The court then attempted to balance the state's distinct compelling interests in the state, or sorry, in the health of pregnant women and the potential life of fetuses. It placed the point after which a state's compelling interest in the pregnant woman's health would allow it to regulate abortion at approximately the end of the first trimester. Um, With regard to the fetus, the court located that the point at, quote, capability of meaningful life outside the mother's womb or viability. Um, So it's debatable when the point of, quote unquote, viability for a fetus is, uh, but most people agree it's some point in the second trimester. It has to do with basically if the baby was delivered, could it live outside the womb with medical help? Um, Yeah. So Roe v. Wade wasn't great, but it was good. It was a very, it was a big landmark decision um, because it did. In the right direction. Yeah. Step in the right direction. Um, I mean, I think (laughs) I don't want to give it too much credit, you know, and say like, oh, this was was huge because like it was huge, but it wasn't as big or as good as we necessarily think it is because <laughs> it's still it's still limited sorry it's still um limited the women's rights or sorry it limited the pregnant person's rights to basically to the first trimester of pregnancy and then once you enter the second trimester you have fewer rights as to what's going on with that and we could talk more later about why that's important because it's the only one we have that's all we have to hold on to even if it's not great that's all we have to go off of so we're gonna oh oh no what i was what i was talking about is what's uh uh is like the the reasons why a woman want to have an abortion in the second trimester um which i mean i don't know if people know a lot about pregnancy um (laughs) and a lot about like the tests and stuff that you get, but there are things you can test for where you might find out that your child isn't going to live for that long. Right. Um, like there's something like, for example, um, Tay-Sachs, that's a gene that's, um, it's it's found generally in more Eastern European Jewish populations, um, yeah. but it's something that if both parents have the gene and both of them are passed on to the kid, which is it's a small ish percentage, but if you both have the gene, it's a lot larger. Yeah. Um, that can result in a very short, very 
painful lifespan for a child. And yeah. I could see that as being something that a pregnant, a pregnant person or a couple would not want to put it themselves and a child through. Right. Um, so that's just like one example, but there are multiple reasons why someone in the second trimester wouldn't want to continue. There's um, babies who like don't <laughs> develop vital organs for no reason. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. And there's a lot of abortions that happen on wanted pregnancies. I think people have yeah. this idea that abortion is like birth control for some. That's not the case. Ugh. That's not why we have it. That's not <laughs> why the majority of people get one. So, so there, yeah, there, there are many reasons why someone would want an abortion. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of talk recently about, for example, rape victims or victims incest of victims. yeah and and incest i would say is also generally rape um I I, there? yeah okay i heard it come out of my mouth and i was like <laughs> you said incest victims okay <laughs> yeah it didn't sound yeah right. no, no i and I, I would say incest victims are also victims of, of rape because generally incest isn't something that um yeah it, it usually is not something that both parties are yeah interested in right engaging in so, um, yeah, so, so there's, there's a few things that we've talked about there. Um, I'm sure there's many other podcasts and many other resources that would go into the reasons why a woman would want to terminate a pregnancy. Um, so we're not going to go into all of them, um, but I do want to talk about the law in Texas right now. So, because um, this is very, it's very frustrating when you go into specifics of it, it gets more frustrating. Oh, good. Don't worry. It gets <laughs> Don't worse. worry. It gets worse. <laughs> um, I have actually been looking at some, some t-shirt sites and trying to find some, because I think there's some sites where you can, without it having any cost to us, we can create designs and if people want to buy them, then they get produced uh, and all that. So, all right. So with the U.S. Okay. Um, so the U.S. Supreme Court really, yeah, they haven't done much about this. They, they did end up coming out and saying that they're not going to block this. So they've failed us. Anyway, but <laughs> leaving the Supreme Court. Yeah. RBG this is why so many people panicked when RBG died. On my birthday. Oh, it's really upsetting. That. It is really upsetting. Oh, well. Okay. Uh, so this law in Texas, uh, the law allows private citizens to sue abortion providers and anyone else who helps a woman obtain an abortion, including those who give a woman a ride to a clinic or provide financial assistance to obtain an abortion. Private citizens who bring these suits don't need to show any connection to those they are suing. You can literally <sighs> sue a stranger if you find out about that's the fact that they up. gave someone a ride to an abortion clinic. This is, we're, um, we're in a dystopian future. It's here. Yeah. We've made it. And the law makes no exceptions for cases involving rape or incest, which I'm going to call incestual rape. I hate everything. So, yeah. So it's, this is really messed up because, I mean, people... People on the quote unquote pro-life side, which I have my own issues with that, the way that's phrased because, you know, they're only pro-life in certain circumstances. Uh, they want to act like people are getting up in arms over nothing, but this is not nothing. Also, okay? they don't care like, about the baby once it's born because, you know, yeah. that baby could be born into poverty. That baby could be gay. That baby could be, you know, all the other people that they love to hate on. Yeah. They don't care about it. Yeah, I, I don't think that a group like that should be able to call itself pro-life, but I mean, yeah. Uh, so or this claim, law also, or claim Jesus is one of their own. Uh, uh. Yeah. No. Uh, this law also bans abortion as soon as cardiac activity is detectable. Um, that's around six weeks. Um, okay. A couple things about this. So, um, cardiac activity can be present in someone who has no brain activity, no life to speak of, no pain response, no it can nothing. Be I mean, present in a petri dish. Yeah. It's cardiac activity does not mean as much as we want to think it does. Um, you can have cardiac activity in 
a patient who has a DNR um, saying they don't want to be resuscitated. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, uh, but for some reason it's different with the fetus. I, yeah. So cardiac activity doesn't mean as much as we are saying it does. It's not, it doesn't mean that it's a baby at that point. Doesn't mean it has any other organs. Um, the heart is really the first thing that develops. Um, it also doesn't so, have a consciousness. It doesn't know. Yeah. It has no it's consciousness. It's not there. Yeah. And it's not, it's not screaming in pain. That's not what's happening. It doesn't have um, nerve endings. Yeah. Um, so the cardiac activity is detectable around six weeks, uh, which is very, very important because at six weeks, that's actually the average of when women find out they're pregnant is five to seven weeks. Um, so what this basically means is that most women, if they are the sort of average people who find out around five to seven weeks, they might already be over the amount of allowable time by the time they know. Right. Um, so you might find out you're pregnant and then also find out you're too far along to get a legal abortion in Texas, even if you're a victim of rape, you know, even if you're a victim of rape by a family member, like even if you are incredibly poor, can't support a child, et cetera, all that kind of stuff. And I know that people are going to come back and say, oh, well, there's adoption, et cetera. And it's like, there is, but it's also really expensive for people to adopt. And there's not enough adoptive parents for all of the children that we already have in the right. system. Um, so you could end up just having an, a baby who ends up in whatever foster care. And you're not going to take care of that baby either. Government's yeah. not going to. Yeah. And, um, and, and I'm not hating on foster care. I think foster care is great. I just don't think the system should be overloaded with unwanted no. pregnancies. No. Um, uh, what else is I going to say about this? Um, Oh, and another thing, people who just go the, the route of like, oh, but you can give it up for adoption. Yes, that is a viable route, but not for all people who are pregnant. Because some people, if they, they have an unwanted pregnancy, that pregnancy is going to affect their lives no matter what. Um, but it's going to affect their lives in ways that maybe might make them considerably worse after the fact. Like, for example, what if like, a trans man is raped and right. is too far along to be able to get an abortion. And that's something that becomes a huge issue because then if that person is walking around and had been passing as an, well, not passing, um, and the person has been walking around as a man in public and is showing signs of pregnancy, then they're going to be opening themselves up to even more hatred, even more. Yeah. They could lose jobs. Um, any, anyone who's pregnant could lose a job um, because they suddenly aren't able to do the work. If it involves heavy lifting, that kind of stuff. So what the person is doing really does matter because a lot of people who are in lower income jobs are doing more physically demanding jobs. And those jobs get a lot harder when you're mm -hmm. pregnant and you also don't have like paid maternity leave in those jobs. It, the the pro-life in these abortion bans care about a baby that doesn't exist yet instead of caring about the person who is already there carrying the yeah. baby. They yeah. care about the unborn as if they're like, babies are great, you know, but mm -hmm. this person's already here and established and says, this isn't going to work for me. Mm -hmm. I don't... I don't yeah. Um, and also... Going back to the phrasing of this law, um, uh, so this is from, yeah, this is from an article on NPR.org. Uh, Instead of requiring public officials to enforce the law, this law allows individuals to bring civil lawsuits against abortion providers or anyone else found to, quote, aid or abet, unquote, illegal abortions. And that is, that's a lot. I mean, that, it just, it's going to leave it's a bounty pregnant, hunt. Yeah, it's a bounty hunt. It's going to leave pregnant people with far fewer resources and far fewer people who are willing to help them. I would uh, And that is, yeah, that's really upsetting. Um, anyone who successfully sues an abortion provider under this law could be awarded at least $10,000. So, hey, yeah, bounty hunt. It's a witch um, hunt. Yeah. So there's like a slight, light, 
uh, in this darkness here, uh, which is that so um, so this isn't the the light, but uh, so the group Texas Right to Life has set up what it calls a whistleblower website where people can submit anonymous tips about anyone they believe to be violating this law. Um, the light in this darkness is that GoDaddy, who were hosting the site, have stopped hosting the site citing that it has violated their terms of service. A representative said that Texas Right to Life violated multiple provisions, including section 5.2 of its terms of service, which says you will not collect or harvest or permit anyone else to collect or harvest any user content as defined below or any non-public or personally identifiable information about another user or any other person or entity without their express prior written consent. Okay, so this is about information sharing. Yeah. Shout out to GoDaddy. Um, as it has been um, as it has been put out there by a lot of other people, though, there's probably going to be another um, hosting site that will host it. But hopefully, hopefully a lot of them will be nervous enough about the backlash that it will be really hard for them to find a site Amen. that will support them. <laughs> the dark web never sleeps. Yeah. Um, oh, here's a little soundbite from this guy with, uh, from Texas Right to Life. His name is John Sego. He says, these lawsuits are not against the women. Fuck you, yes, they are. Um, the lawsuit, well, the laws against women, um, and other pregnant people. Um, the lawsuits would be against the individuals making money off the abortion or the abortion industry itself. There's no abortion industry. That is not accurate. And it's also medical care that's also just not accurate at all yeah it's healthcare, and also it's not accurate because you have the people who are what providing financial assistance that's not someone who's making money off of it um how is the person who's giving you a ride to the abortion clinic making money off of it okay like this is just a bald-faced lie yeah it's yeah it's really frustrating there's no Um, abortion industry it's not like yeah its own thing it's just a part of healthcare. Okay, so speaking of liars, um, at a bill signing, <laughs> at a bill signing for a different piece of legislation Tuesday, Governor Abbott of Texas was asked about forcing a rape or incest victim to carry their pregnancy to term. He misleadingly replied that the law does not require that, and went on to say that the state will work tirelessly to eliminate all rapists. Um, um, that's that's bullshit. That's absolutely bullshit. Um, so what he said was, obviously, it provides at least six weeks for a person to be able to get an abortion. And so, for one, it doesn't provide that. Abbott said, that said, rape is a crime in Texas, blah, 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 blah. I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> I just, like, stopped quoting him because I don't care anymore. Um, but he says it provides six weeks. And so, basically, that it wouldn't be an issue for a rape or an incest victim. If As we have stated, most women, sorry, most people who are pregnant find out between five to seven weeks okay if you're like a 12 year old who hasn't had their period for that long you don't know what how are you gonna know and let's let's think here about rape victims who are in abusive relationships perhaps they will not be able to get away from their partner for enough time to like in enough time to be able to get an abortion legally. What happens to those people? Those are still victims of rape. There are still people who have unwanted pregnancies. Like that's still. It's all bad. It's all yeah, bad. It's, it's all bad. And he's. It's I, I find it difficult to believe that a lot of these people who are making these statements can't kind of put two and two together and realize that they're misleading people. Also like acting like they care about the sanctity of life when they just have a blatant disregard for people who can have kids like who can make babies blatant disregard for education and knowing how the human body works and like what this is going to do politically what it's going to do economically how like it comes down to climate change too because we're putting more people Mm -hmm. in the world that first off the people who are having them don't want them here. And we have too many people as it is. Also, we're still in a pandemic. That's still a thing that's going mm-hmm. on. These people are probably also, you know, in the realms of others who are unvaccinated. So, like, they're just putting everybody. It's a whole tailspin of awful bad things. Yeah. <sighs> and 
And in the, um, from the biological perspective too, just about that six weeks thing, um, this was also in the NPR article. Um, there's some pretty good articles that I put up on the website, uh, which is a vague knowledge of everything.com. Um, <laughs> Uh, the, the countdown for those six weeks starts from the first day of a person's last period, not the expected period that was missed. Okay, you're not going to be testing as pregnant in those like first few weeks. You just aren't going to be because your body doesn't have the amount of hormones required to make that test positive. Right. So you're not going to be able to tell that you're pregnant until maybe... A uh yeah maybe? like a month ish maybe uh i i would be very surprised if you could tell that you were pregnant earlier than that so like just looking at how pregnancy math is done <laughs> this yeah it's just so fucked up i it's so frustrating so I'm yeah the, so... the six weeks the six week mark is not this generous timeline that uh these conservative well, for, I, I would assume for the most part, conservative uh, people are saying that it is. Um, it's not generous at all. As we've said, most, uh, I keep saying women, um, most people who are pregnant don't find out they're pregnant until they are at six weeks or almost at six weeks anyway. I know so. I'm not alone in this, but I'm just so baffled and tired of the fact that there's people making decisions for other people and those people aren't in the room for those decisions like women's bodies, poverty, people who live on welfare, like marginalized groups are not part of the old white man brigade that's making the decisions for everybody in this country. They don't know best. Yeah. They're not the be all end all of like the American way of life. They are the ones who keep being in power. So they keep making those decisions, but obviously it's not working. Yeah and yeah and unfortunately that's kind of the note that i'm ending on here um there isn't uh as far as this issue goes there isn't really an upswing that i can say oh but don't worry it's gonna get better um because the way that it gets better or the way that we stop the damage from being done further i suppose um is for everyone to be more cognizant of who is representing them you know at a state level uh at a federal level you know be involved in local level yeah yeah a local level be involved in your political in the political world that can well in some cases controls your body um, or controls the bodies of people that you love uh, or has the right to do so, the power to do so, because it might end up being too late by the time you realize how far these things can go. Mm-hmm. And for people who have gotten to this podcast and and might be um, part of the the quote unquote um, pro life group that is really anti abortion um, is I think is a better term. Um, if you're here, first of all, thank you for being here because yeah. it's impressive that you're here to begin with. Uh, but you're hot also, mad for a different reason. <laughs> yeah, but also think about think about everything we've talked about. Think about all of the reasons that a woman might have an abortion. Go do some research. Go and really Talk think about woman. everything. A, a woman or anyone who's been pregnant or a uterus owner. Yeah, uh, just. Just consider all of the issues that are wrapped up in this because it's not, it isn't a simple thing. It's not, it's not killing babies. It's not killing babies. Okay. Let me just say that. That is not what this is. Um, Most abortions are performed so early that there is no, I'm not going to go into the science of it um, because I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. Yeah. But go find some, either some unbiased, uh, research and look into it more because this is an issue that is not as black and white as people want you to believe like third party supported Mm peer-reviewed like well-researched good sample size all that stuff research not just people on facebook or fox news yeah and and also understand when 
people are only trying to appeal to your emotions because if they're doing that, it might mean that the facts aren't on their side. Um, because I mean, we've talked about a lot of facts here. There's a lot of facts out there that demonstrate that that demonstrate that abortion should be legal and accessible for people who need it. Yeah. Are we ready for some good news tidbits to round up? Yes, I think so. I think we are. Yeah. Yeah. Hope, hope went and found us some good news because (laughs) we knew it was going to be huge downer at the end. Ah, big bummer as it turns out. Um, so it's hurricane season. Happy hurricane season, everybody. Um, (laughs) uh, my, sorry, just to interject there, my, uh, some of my in-laws up in Newfoundland are, uh, they're in a small town, which is like basically going to be in the eye of the hurricane. Uh, it's, he- it's headed straight for them. So uh, my husband called up today and was like, my mom is there with you. She could drive you up to St. John's. Please, please go be there. Please don't be <laughs> in the place where it might flood. Yeah, please don't be in the eye of the hurricane you if say- you don't have to. And Luckily, they are going to go do that. So uh, if you guys hear that, uh, if you guys hear that, thank you, um, Terry, for uh, making that happen. Thank you, uh, Tammy and and, uh, Babe, for getting up there because because we love you and we care about you and we don't want you to be in the eye of the hurricane. So go on. that they're the ones who are like a hurricane's coming through and they're like yeah whatever it's fine <laughs> that, yeah they pretty much have the attitude of like eh, you know hurricanes like they come and go uh, i do not usually they're not in the eye of the hurricane <laughs> that's a little bit different <laughs> well speaking of hurricanes the new orleans levees held passing their first major test since hurricane katrina the levees the levees 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 yeah i think it's levees the things that keep the hurricane out past. <laughs> the things that keep the hurricane out. <laughs> awesome. Well, good. Yeah, there's a, there are several, uh, quote unquote, great walls in the world in this very moment. None are greater than the Great Wall of Louisiana, the rebuilt levees? Levees? Which one is it? I, I think it's levees. That's what okay. I've always heard. I would be shocked if it was levees. I pronounced yeah. everything wrong. So I still have to really think to order the hold on i just remember which one it is the deluxe burger and not the deluxe burger <laughs> not very smart <coughs> also uh so second good news is a restaurant surprised a blind customer by putting her birthday message in braille on her cake it was oh that was really cute i thought that was really I saw nice that. and Did you the restaurant no i just i just looked okay. that was from the good news network dot com that's where i got those from but they put it in chocolate and the restaurant came up with the idea like the people in her party didn't ask for anything like that. they were just like hey is this something that she'd be into and they're like oh my god yeah i mean i i wouldn't have thought of that but that actually is pretty easy to do just temper up some chocolate and it'll harden very quickly and you can just there's a lot that uh as you know, we all can be doing better in terms of disability, but one of the things is like, can there be captions at movie theaters? Can all teachers be required to learn ASL, which is something I want to do as a therapist so that I can talk to everybody. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of disability barriers for hard of hearing and deaf people. So that was nice of that restaurant. And shout out to GoDaddy. They're my shout out for this week. That was really yeah, good sh- of them. Sh- shout out to GoDaddy, although the fact that they hosted the site in the first place, I don't know. But shout out to them I for mean, deciding not to. They might not have like <laughs> been evaluating every single site that came through and yeah, probably I suppose. to their attention and they're like, oh no, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, shout out to uh, Terms and Guidelines because maybe that'll stop people from being able to blow the whistle on Hate someone speech. giving somebody a ride to go get an abortion. Hate Jesus. The witch hunt. Or, or honestly, and, and or the person getting the abortion because we support all of those people involved. We support whatever decisions you want to make with your own body. Yes, absolutely. Because it's your For body whatever and not theirs. <laughs> Because it's your body and not theirs. And not theirs. <laughs> oh, I want to go watch some uh, Trixie and Patch after this. <laughs> their new one this week is so good because they look at their style from past episodes and they bring out the worst of the worst. It's it's amazing. It's so They've good. got some very some interesting styles. They have some looks. Made yeah. some choices. So. Yeah. If anyone wants uh, 
pick me up. Yeah, if anyone wants to pick me up after that, uh, look up uh, Trixie and Katya uh, on YouTube. They are two if drag queens who are very entertaining. A raunchy bitch like me, look up moments where Trixie and Katya need Jesus because those are the funniest compilations <laughs> on YouTube. They're just saying the most outlandish, disgusting stuff, and it's so funny. They like, just Trixie- did a whole... They did like a whole 11 minute video about the subject of lunch. <laughs> I know they're running out of stuff to talk about. It's so it was funny. funny though. It was. Yeah. She was like, have we really gotten here? So we're talking about lunch and the weather. There's okay. If, if you're grossed out by stuff, just turn off the episode. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. But it, <laughs> Trixie introduces herself again. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> She says, Hi, I'm the big gulp you get behind the 7 Eleven. Trixie Mattel. <laughs> Gets you. Oh, Trixie. Oh, it's so funny. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Have well, a good that week, was... guys. Yeah. Have a good week. Uh, as always, I am Rosie, and facts matter. I'm hoping now that you know better, be better, get involved in your local politics and, you know, be a good ally if you're a white person, please. All bodies matter. Or a cis man. Or a cis man. Okay, bye. (laughs)